We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome back to the Is For Podcast. I am your host, Danger. And joining me, according to... Wu-Tang name generators is Sarge, the merciful attacker. Say hi, Sarge. Hi, that's an interesting uh, anachronism. That's what it gave me. And Monster, the nighttime occultist. That's wow. <laughs> Both of those are fairly accurate. I was a little surprised, too. That's why I wanted to use them. I just, I looked it up just... Because I was curious, and I was like, nope, they're going to tonight's show. <laughs> so <laughs> Now, before we get started, seriously, what made mm. you go down the rabbit hole to find the Wu-Tang name generator? I was trying to be creative. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. <laughs> that has to be like the most random stumbled upon ever. All right, listen, Merciful Attacker. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, man. <laughs> on this episode of the Is For podcast, we are doing K, and K is for King Kong. All right, so Sarge, let's start with you. What is your experience, memories, and thoughts about King Kong? I remember watching the 1933 King Kong. The original. The original, and I was watching it at my grandfather's house. And he went and saw it when he was a kid. And he's like, you got to watch this. It's like the greatest thing ever. And I remember looking at him like, this is the worst stop motion animation <laughs> I have ever seen in my life. But it kind of stuck with me, right? I can yeah. still sit down and watch it. Yeah. Monster, what about you? Uh, as we've talked about before on 100 of these episodes, I am a sucker for old classic films. So, of course... I think the original King Kong is really cool. Uh, I've seen a lot of the newer ones, not all of them. Um, fun little sidebar. I can't remember what the an uh, occasion was now. I can't remember if it was her birthday or anniversary. But a couple years ago, I rented out an entire theater for just me and the wife to go see King Kong versus Godzilla. That's cool. <laughs> I didn't even realize you could rent out an entire theater. There's a few theaters around North Carolina that you can do that. And yeah, I mean, it's you basically are paying for the entire theater. So I already say you're expensive. buying every seat yeah. in the house. It's not quite one to one, but it's just about. I was I was curious on if you have to buy pretty much every ticket to every seat. But that's one but way to do it. But you better believe. But you better believe we didn't have to shush nobody. The only people playing on their phones was us. It was great. Yeah. yeah. All right, let me let me how old were you when this happened? Uh, when, when did Godzilla versus King Kong come out? That, that was just a few years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Let me get this straight. You rented out an entire movie theater for your wife. It was just you and her in there, and the only thing you did was play on your phones. That is I was, I'm, saying, there were, I'm saying there's opportunities that were I passed. Was, I was making the point that... I honestly kind of 50-50 on going to the movies anymore 
because I feel like every time I go, somebody's messing around on their phone. People are bringing in, you know, pot roast to eat, not buying concessions. <laughs> there's bags of chips. There's talking. It's it's annoying. So it was kind of like, yeah, let's just rent out the whole theater so we can actually watch a movie without having to deal with, you know, everything else. Now, remember, we're married. We live together. We don't have to sneak to a movie theater anymore. But we're past that stage. You? Why I would find you? you rented out the whole thing. Why wouldn't you? Can, can Opportunities. I just, well, can I just say that maybe I just don't want to declare everything that happened in that movie theater on mics. It's a so three thousand like, so dollar like United, job. <laughs> so, like the like the like the United States intelligence agencies, you can can neither confirm nor deny. Look, what happened in that movie theater? Look, there was a box when I booked the theater for extra cleanup fee at the end of the film, and I checked yes. All right, just leave it at that. All that means is they took a leaf blower through there, so your leaf, your your DNA is just leaf blown through the theater. Whatever. All right, let's. Stop I've never talking. been back to that theater, so I don't care. Let's stop talking about Monsters Kong and talk about King Kong. All Please. right. So he is. No, nothing short of a modern day mythology. You know, he deserves every bit of it. And he has been subject to everything from the stop motion that you mentioned, Sarge, to a motion capture suit, to a big, you know, a guy in a suit, to the CGI that we've we've gotten. Now, we must start at the beginning, as every great story should be. It's, it's not that great of a story in the beginning, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> so... It all we'll started at the beginning. So the guy that could see the whole thing was a gentleman by the name of Marion C. Cooper. And he had the idea for Kong. And the whole idea for it was a director that wanted to make what he called natural dramas. And they were documentaries filmed all around the world. And then recut and then or recut in, in, into a narrative form. But he wanted a starlet for it. Now, Monster, what does it sound like to you to take a documentary style film and cut it into... A narrative. Sounds like good old-fashioned found footage. That's right. So, in theory, found footage actually started, the idea of found footage started with King Kong, which I thought was an interesting interesting uh, thing to stumble upon. And then that concept of found footage has been remade several times, which sure. we'll talk about some of those remakes. So, the idea kind of took off when the discovery of Komodo dragons was was found or when Komodo dragons were discovered in 1910 and they were thought to be extinct before that so they found skeletons of them and whatnot but you know he uh after that he was like we got it we're gonna do it so cooper commissioned a script from mystery writer edgar wallace about a big game hunter who meets a rowboat full of escaped convicts on a lost island James A. Creelman rewrote it into replacing the hunter with a Cooper-like filmmaker. So, kind of like he mm -hmm. got a movie made, he got a script made, and then he got it rewritten to go back to him. So, but Cooper was signed off. It was signed on to RKO, the uh, big studio of the uh, the thirties and forties. Mm -hmm. So, and they said, nah. Your budget's too big. It costs too much to film real animals in a natural habitat. 
So they actually went over to another production they were working on that never finished, um, a, uh, a movie called Creation, that featured stop-motion dinosaurs created by Willis O'Brien and Cooper found his man to bring Kong to life. So then he's off to the races with, with King Kong. Now, the name Willis O'Brien will be very important to a certain monster of this show. <laughs> a little bit down the road. So Yeah, I'm 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 familiar with him and some of the other stuff he's done. Okay. I I didn't know. I'd never heard of Willis O'Brien, but I'd heard of uh Willis O'Brien's uh influence. Let's put it that way. Yeah, uh very specifically on our good friend Harry Hausen. Yes. He, uh Harry Hausen would not exist without well, O'Brien first. See, I'm no longer going to call it Stealing Thunder. I'm going to call it Spoilers. Monsters I'm spoils sorry. my episodes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, of course I'm going to bring him up. You knew that was going to happen. I knew. I know. I know. I know. So, the original King Kong tells the story of Carl Denham, played by Robert Armstrong, a filmmaker who journeys to a mysterious island to document the legends of a godlike ape with a, do- with a down-on-her-luck actress... And Darrow, played by Faye Ray, <laughs> which I think that's a fun name, Faye Ray. So, and then on arriving, they interrupt a sacrifice to Kong, and Anne finds herself on the altar. Dunham's crew fights their way across the island, and all of its prehistoric dinosaur oversized beasts and whatnot. I mean, I don't know if you remember the the monsters from the island in the original, but they were. You know, for at for the time, they were kind of crazy looking. So, yeah, they were just as cool as looking as King Kong. You yeah, know, yeah, King Kong was a big monkey and he was fighting big lizards. It was cool. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, so then they capture Kong, take him back to New York, and then he escapes and drags and up the newly built at the time the newly built Empire State Building, which at the time was the tallest building on Earth. And then we all know. King Kong at the top of the Empire State Building, holding a woman with fighter pilots, you know, trying to shoot him down. Iconic. Iconic piece Mm -hmm. of American history. It is. It is. And there's actually very little film moments, like film scenes from this time, from the 30s, that are that iconic. You know, anybody of any generation can see that and go, that's King Kong. And if you see, like, a... A primitive form of it then you're like that's the original king kong and even yep. though most people have you know the last i don't know anybody born in the last on a 50 years hasn't seen the original king kong most people in the last 50 years so but and go on. and i was just gonna say that and i'm sure you'll get into this so i will just you know just wait to hear what you have to say uh but i do find it interesting that that iconic shot of kong on top of the empire state building you know, now Kong is the size of the Empire State Building. Yeah, like right. over the years, his size has gone through all kinds of changes and stuff. And yeah, maybe as as you get into this, you'll kind of bring up how or why some of that happens. I actually don't touch on too much of that, but it really okay. it really has to do with the interpretations of Kong at different places. But just like we talked about the Godzilla episode that you did, Sarge, Godzilla has changed size over time. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, now uh, in the in the the first time that Kong and Godzilla met, Kong was not even the size of Godzilla. But now they're equal size. I think Kong may be a little bit bigger than Godzilla. So, 
and, and, and I think it's just a matter of modern audiences. The bigger, the better. You right. know, they. they right. Yeah. A big monkey's cool, but a bigger monkey is cooler. Yeah, that's fair. So I watched a uh, making of documentary of the original Calm, where they started talking, where they started going through all the interviews that they did back at the time, stuff like that. Um, one of the things I found interesting was that a lot of the actors and actresses, um, they had a hard time understanding what stop motion was going to be. Yeah, because nobody had really seen it at that point. Yeah, no one had really seen it. Like if you, uh, like in the original 1933, Kong's in New York and he's only tall enough to see over a subway. Um, an elevated train. Yeah, an elevated train track, right? He like tears it down and pulls down the subway car and he starts climbing the buildings and he's only like two window lengths tall, but yet when it cuts to the live scene, this gigantic, like, eight-foot diameter monkey arm comes through this little tiny window and picks her up and drags her out. Look, look, perspective, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying it was bad. But like, yeah. At the time, that was cutting edge. Yeah, but then looking it, back on it, it's like, that's just cutting his arm. <laughs> well, and and two, thing, two takeaways from that. Number one, even back in the 30s, they understood the need to implement special effects with practical effects. The, if you want to take, you know, stop motion, the natural progression being, you know, animated CG animation, it, it makes sense that they would try to have a physical arm or physical head mixed in with the stop motion just to give it a little more quote unquote realism. Uh, and then the second part of that is too, especially like with the modern Marvel films and Star Wars films and Lord of the Rings, like so much is filmed on these blank green screens and sound stages where people are pretending to fight stuff. That's not there. They have a tennis ball floating around to know where to look. And yeah, this has been going on since the thirties, you know? Right. Right. And, the I think the biggest issue with it is that we're no longer using stop motion like we once did. Now we expect it to be, like you said, bigger monkey, bigger, bigger, whatever. You know, it's just what it is. You know, and uh, bigger monkeys. Yeah, bigger monkeys. So, I mean, if we got a, a Wizard of Oz remake, it'd be bigger flying monkeys. I mean, it's just what it oh, is. God, that is horrifying. Absolutely, absolutely. So. <clears throat> Director Ernest Shodak, Shodak, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anyway, um, so he was horrified to discover, to see that Willis O'Brien, his team disturbed Kong's hair. <laughs> and I thought this was ridiculous because a co-director tried to get all of the stop motion redone because you could see that the hair was disturbed in the change. Now at the time, I don't think they probably had like a full grip on hair movement and things. And if you're moving a monkey up a empire stability or whatever, you're going to disturb its hair. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah. But, uh, a, uh, an RKO executive, uh, said, look, Kong's angry. His fur is bristling. <laughs> Good answer. Yeah. So, have either one of you guys ever tried to do stop motion? I have. 
yeah, so I get what he's saying because like if you move, you know, you essentially you move a tiny little bit, you take a picture. You move a tiny little bit, you take a picture. And you do this a thousand times, you hit play and it creates the, you know, yeah. illusion of movement. Right. But yeah, so when you move those little pieces, sometimes the hair follicles will sort of naturally just move out of place. So it does give it this distorted like wobbly thing on his fur sometimes. Yeah. So the original has gotten some backlash, as I'm sure anybody can uh, can guess. And do you want to do you want to guess why it's gotten backlash? Nope. Okay. Cool. So it's gotten backlash because uh, it said that the inhabitants of Skull Island were hideously stereotyped, stereotyped, and Kong himself draws parallels to racist fears of ape-like black men stealing white women. <laughs> Uh, I, not so much that analogy, but I've heard plenty of scholars say that, you know, Kong's, you know, capture and brought from Skull Island to America, uh, there's yeah. some slavery correlations there. And yeah. honestly, I don't, I don't think that was the filmmaker's intention. No. It just kind of it does come across kind of yuck. Well, I mean, how else would you get the giant monkey to oh, get which, back to the which, United States? Which, right. Which actually, like that in itself, I just realized. So, in you know, to go along with what you're talking about, the you know, he's bigger now. I don't know if you know you actually, Monster. You actually said that you saw King Kong versus Godzilla. Now he's the size of an aircraft carrier. <laughs> Literally, yeah, they put him on an aircraft carrier with these giant shackles out and they take him across the ocean. It's still a boat, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's like ridiculous. Yeah. So as Cooper and O'Brien, um, you know, as much as they got credit for the movie, the credit, uh, more credit should be given to Max Steiner, who did the music. But RKO were too cheap to commission a score and only play, paid Steiner to patch together existing music. So Cooper ended up paying him out of pocket for an original composition. It wasn't it wasn't the 1933 King Kong the credited as being the first film with a synchronized score like it scored it went solely with it. I don't know. I didn't come across that. I'm not saying okay. no, but it, it might be. Hmm, that's interesting. I'd like to know the answer to that. So while uh, Sarge looks that up, so Cooper paying him out of pocket was a uh, a good investment because even at the height of the great depression king kong was a monster hit it was released april 7th 1933 and on a budget of six thousand seven or six hundred thousand seven hundred uh seven hundred dollars um it made 5.3 million at the height of the depression that's and god 5.3 million in 1933 hold on. money hold on so in today, that is sixteen point seven, or excuse me, sixteen point four million dollars, and the box office take home is a hundred twenty nine million dollars for a film that was made and released during the Great Depression. And I just found yep. it. Um, let's see where where to go. the The original King Kong nominated for three Academy Awards. Um. All right, come on, computer. Stop, stop. Whatever you're doing, it's not working anymore. 
Okay, well, Sarge well, is not working. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You click on enough of those links, you're going to get a virus. Yeah, I know, right? True. So RKO was obviously going to milk this cash cow, but they have uh, suddenly... Ah, ah, cash monkey. Yeah, and here we go. Cash monkey. King Kong <laughs> was one of the first movies to have a synchronized score. The film featured groundbreaking, synch- groundbreaking synchronized score, heightening the emotional impact of the story and enhancing the overall cinematic experience. Cool. So you said one of the first, but not necessarily the first. Yeah. All right, but I mean, it's at the, it was a still. Uh, I mean, it was at the forefront of it. It was a it, it was a pioneer of sorts in it. It was. So, I mean, it was still groundbreaking. It was groundbreaking. So I'm I'm going to go ahead and guess <sighs> that it was the first uh, monkey centered movie that had a secret. Probably. I, I did see I did did see a reference to what you were saying about the. Uh, um, backlash from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so RKO is going to milk this cash monkey. <laughs> and, <there. laughs> yeah, um, and so it rushed the sequel to production, which was the Son of Kong. And from pitch to release, it was nine months, which is insanely fast for any time period. Nine months. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, so Son of Son of Kong. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it's much better than it gives than it gets credit for. But it, you know, it's all because of the circumstances that you know nine months. You know, um, and com- if you compare it to <laughs> to King Kong to the original, it's not as great, but it's still still pretty good. I liked it. So yeah, I don't think I've ever seen it. I might have seen bits and pieces, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one from start to finish. It's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. I, I I'm, I'm pulling up right now. I've never seen it. It's it's worth a watch. It's it looks cheesy, and maybe I actually enjoyed it as like it's so bad it's good. I don't know. It's been a while since I watched it, but I have seen it before. The what? movie poster is worth the Google. Yeah, it's okay. A, Not no. even gonna lie. So it right. looks super cool. Oh yeah, no, it's a it's a cool movie poster. Um, sorry, Cooper and Rose came up with a take on the aftermath for the sequel for uh, of Kong's Rampage. Carl Denham has confined uh, himself to his apartment, avoiding lawsuits and court summons. Denham flees the country, where he meets a fugitive who tricks him into helping him escape by claiming there's a treasure on Skull Island. On Skull Island, they finally meet and befriend the title Son of Kong, a smaller, lighter-colored baby ape. The movie ends with the whole island falling apart out of nowhere with really no explanation. You know, I, there, there's just not. And and uh, Son of Kong helping, um, sacrifices himself to help uh, save Denim uh, and get away. Yeah, that is a pretty good cover. I, uh, that's a, yeah, that's, that's, I gotta say, there's something really special about like 1930s and 40s, like horror movie poster art. It's good stuff. I like it. Yeah. The, uh, the monster movie posters were a lot of fun from the, uh, the early days for sure. So, okay. So RKO rushed out Son of Kong to, uh, beat off knockoffs to the market. So it didn't help them. They still came out. <laughs> people still people still cashed in on the the oh, King yeah. Kong. And 
the the uh, some of the the copycats of them or the the knockoffs. Mighty Joe Young, um, oh, yeah. with Shudak uh, from the original directing, um, and uh, for a starring role, I chose a gentleman by the name of Armstrong. Now I found several actors with the name Armstrong from that time period. I could not find which actor it was. So Cooper and Rose wrote the script, and animation was done by Willis O'Brien and Ray Harryhausen. There he is. Yeah. So. Uh, another knockoff was Conga. It was a cheap knockoff with nobody connected to it, but it was about a chip who a growth serum turns into a killer gorilla and then into a Kong-sized monster. Um, and uh, you can actually say that the uh, 76 remake, which was not good, the one with uh, Jeff Bridges and Faye, or not Faye Dunaway, excuse me. I'm, her name's escaping me now. I didn't write down the note. Sorry. So anyway... You could say the same thing about that—that that it was just a cheap knockoff because it was not good at all. But uh, the Shaw brothers, who um, were big in uh, kung fu movies, they took a break from kung fu movies to make a uh, uh, what was called a Hong Kong King Kong, which that's fun to say multiple times. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it was titled "The Mighty Peking Man," uh, P E K I N G, not P E A K I N G. Huh. Yeah. Um, Two completely different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Mighty Peking Man is about a uh, uh, Peking Tom superhero. <laughs> oh, you mean Marty McFly from Back to the Future? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay, okay. So now it it's goes by the name Goliathon. What does? Sorry. Uh, the movie that you're talking about, uh, Mighty the Mighty Peking, Peking. Man. Yeah, and it's actually, uh, oh my god, okay, sorry, rabbit hole. Uh, it looks like they've released like a DVD or a Blu-ray transfer of it, produced by Quentin Tarantino. Oh, oh. A, <laughs> that a, makes sense. A Kung Fu King Kong. Cool. Yes, one hundred percent. Yes. So a studio out of Denver put together a movie called Ape, and it had um, asterisks between the letters. They they originally wanted to call it the New King Kong, but after that name got shot down, they actually pitched the name Attack of the Giant Horny Gorilla. Uh, we've talked you about you said nineteen seventy six. Yeah, the nineteen seventy six remake with Jeff Bridges and uh, God, her, the actress' name escapes me. She was on American Horror Story. Um, Jessica yeah. Lang. Yeah, Jessica Lang. Yeah. 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 Ape, Ape doesn't have Jeff Bridges in it. No, no, excuse me. Um, the 1976 remake does, but no. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a movie called Ape. Um, well, you said it's called what now? Monster? Uh, Goliathan. Goliathan. The Mighty Peking Man is now called Goliathan. Oh, okay. It's just a, a lot of times when these foreign films get put to yeah. America and yeah, vice versa, yeah. the name gets changed. Uh, yeah. And I was just going to piggyback off of what was the last one you said with the really funny name? Uh, attack the, the one of, that they pitched. Attack, or, so the second choice name that they pitched was Attack of the Giant Horny Gorilla. I've said this before on other episodes. I like a title that tells you exactly what you're getting. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. There's no mystery in that name. 
so now Sarge referenced in uh, the original where he's climbing up the Empire State Building and he reaches his arm into the uh, the apartment. And Very the, slowly. And mm-hmm. yeah, an attack of the giant horny gorilla. It's not his arm. Oh man. Yep. Okay then. Yep. We did it. It's a horny so, gorilla. So back to Goliathin, real quick. That trailer looks magnificent. I'm by the watching way. the trailer yeah. right now, and it is giving me the '70s, late '70s, early '80s vibe with the with the lettering and the coloring and everything else. Everything else. It, ma- it makes sense that Tarantino is behind the reproducing that and getting that out to mm. the public. Which Sarge, let me say, nobody has ever given the the uh, transition back to Goliathan, <laughs> and I appreciate that. So. All right, so outside of the movies, we uh, we got a few other little things. So Hanna Barbera produced uh, a, uh, a a cartoon called Grape Ape, and Superman, and and there was a Superman um, King Kong character called um, uh, Titano T I T A N O Titano. Uh, he was a super ape, a chip named Toto who goes monster sized because of kryptonite and also the, uh, the uh, large gorilla in rampage is credited as being it. And also there was a, a good, th- this could be an episode all in itself, but there was a big lawsuit over donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Nintendo actually had ended up having to make some changes to donkey Kong to, uh, to, as um, an outcome to that lawsuit, but yeah, so, yeah, because I mean, the very first Donkey Kong is essentially a King Kong ripoff. You know, he's at the top of the staircase throwing barrels. He's a giant monkey, stole the blonde with, girl. Like, yeah, I'm saying with a with a damsel in distress, right? No, I what I never understood though is why is the big monkey named Donkey? I don't know. Is that a uh, Japanese thing? Did we miss something in translation? I don't more know. than likely. Yeah. Okay. All right. I actually, I, I don't know if somebody, uh, one of our listeners has the answer to why donkey Kong is called donkey instead of monkey Kong or uh, whatever monsters desire is. Uh, I, please let us know. <laughs> All right. I, so we're going to talk, we're going to talk. Yeah. <laughs> your desire. So <laughs> we're going to talk King Kong versus Godzilla. So, um, he would have been, and, uh, O'Brien-esque stop-motion creation if money wasn't so tight. But Godzilla um, recreated, and Godzilla came out after King Kong, and uh, Godzilla created the elevated train attack that you are referencing earlier, Sarge. Mm-hmm. So that actually kind of put it in the brains of, like, they got to meet. They We've got to have Godzilla and King Kong um, come together. So for Toho's, which is the production company that was that had Godzilla, their 30th anniversary was kind of seen as the opportunity for it. They pitched Japan's big lizard, meet America's big monkey. <laughs> and uh, so they did. So Godzilla versus King Kong was the third Godzilla movie and the first Godzilla in almost a decade. Wow. Yeah. And... According, go ahead, Sark. Sorry, I was gonna say, who was the one that asked why Donkey Kong's name is Donkey Kong? Monster. 
I hate you, monster. Anyways, so Miyamoto used donkey to convey stubborn in English, while Kong was simply to imply him as being a large ape. The name Donkey Kong was intended to convey stubborn ape to the American audience. When he suggested this name to Nintendo of America, people laughed, but the name stuck. That's why his name is Donkey Kong. Okay. I kind of, I actually like that answer. That, my desires have been met. I apologize, Danger, for taking up 45 seconds of your sh- of, of your show for that. No, no, it's fine. And if we get an email about it or a comment about it, I will know that that listener didn't listen to this point. <laughs> and, no. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, according to Japan's uh, favorite um, monster, which is an actor in the um, monster movies, uh, Steve Reif, uh, Rifle, excuse me, um, this this movie ended up deciding Godzilla's like change the direction of the franchise. So the original movie had been a deadly serious for uh, a, a deadly serious allegory for the atomic war. This new movie was designed to appeal to young fans, and thanks to uh, Godzilla's creator, uh, I Sarge, you I, if I remember correctly, you chose to not try to pronounce his name. I absolutely chose not to pronounce the name. Yeah, I'm going to choose to. I'm going to choose to okay. try. I'm going to choose to try. You know what? Brave, brave. Go for it. Yeah. Hishiro Honda. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. No, there was another one I wouldn't say. I said Hishiro Honda. Uh, well, all I have here is Hishiro Honda because God, because King Kong was purely American. <laughs> and then Godzilla <laughs> got involved and we get the we get the Japanese names. So... Um, he said there was still uh, social commentary, but this time it was a goofy satire of a TV of, of TV advertising with some of Japan's biggest comedy stars, and a story about a drug company that captures King Kong to be their mascot and stages a fight between him and Godzilla by carrying him to the arena with giant balloons. I never saw the original King Kong versus Godzilla, or Godzilla versus King Kong, but I want to now because that sounds like um, I don't know Asian schlock from the thirties or forties. I feel like I've seen some bits and pieces. I remember there's one part where they're fighting, and Kong like takes an entire tree and like shoves it down Godzilla's mouth. I think that That's was fun. I think that was in the the newer one the 2005 one well i think they might have like redone it but the clip i've seen is definitely two dudes in a suit not million dollar special effects yeah so all right i know i mentioned a little bit before but we're going to talk about the king kong cartoons so rudolph the red-nosed reindeer creators rankin bass they co-produced the king kong show with japanese studio toy in 1966 in this, uh, the King Kong show, King Kong befriends a little boy named Bobby Bond and travels the world fighting evil. Also, I have so many questions, but it's okay. I, I don't have the answers, but I'm curious what. <laughs> Where are the boy's parents to let him befriend a giant ape? I monkey, mean, whatever. I, no, I, I, I wasn't even going to pick on the ape monkey uh, descriptor. I, I think that when your parents see that you're traveling the world fighting evil, they kind of let anything happen. 
Oh, fair enough. I mean, it's like, where is this boy's parent? Now, granted, what level of evil requires you to bring a giant ape with you? You know like, what? Every level of evil requires a giant ape. Well, hey, stop that guy. He stole her purse. Just giant monkey foot. Smash. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> crime it, solved. Well, it's stop the criminal. You may have destroyed the purse in the process, but you stopped the criminal. But you destroyed I'm, the person, you destroyed the road, you destroyed the building. You've created jobs because now somebody has to come and fix the sidewalk or the road oh, or whatever. and there is no stealth involved. There's yeah. no sneaking up on anybody when your 30-foot ape friend comes barreling you, behind you. Okay, I'm going to be 100% saying this. Um, some of the stealthiest people I've ever met were some of the fattest, biggest people I've ever met. They would have sneak. They've had practice, years of practice, sneaking across the house to the kitchen to get an extra portion of cake without getting caught by mom and dad. Okay, yeah. they got that shit on lock. Yeah, because uh, uh, a hefty person, uh, one of the bigger people that you know that you're referencing, is going to do what it takes to get that piece of cake out of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but do you know? Do you know what doesn't require being stealthy? What's that? Going to Podbean.com. It doesn't. That's right. Yeah, and it it like you don't have to be careful when you're reading those terms and conditions. Uh, Activision would beg to differ at this point. Right. Uh, that's right. a different episode. But something that is going to help you is the month free of podcast hosting services. That is true. That that's a great that, that's a great segue. That was that was real good. Thing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I tried very little. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Low risk, low reward. Yes. Yes. So, in addition to the Kong show, we also had The Mighty Kong, and it was released straight to video in 1998, and this was a Disney-style animated musical with songs written by Disney's Sherman Brothers. And also in, in uh, The Mighty Kong was the, uh, the lady who voiced The Little Mermaid. Now... I have no more details about this, and if you ask me any more any more questions, Sarge, I'm not going to have the answers. I now was that that was animated? Yes, because I know that they did Mighty Joe Young, right? Which mm. was also Walt Disney. Bill Paxton, right? Good old Bill Paxton, Charlize yeah. Theron, couple other folk, and I didn't realize that was Disney until just recently. Yeah, that was actually uh, Disney's. Wasn't it Touchstone or one of those? Oh, like, probably. Yeah. yeah. So, 2000's Kong, the animated series, follows a plot similar to the Kong show with a Kong clone fighting... <laughs> yeah, Kong clone is not an easy thing to roll off the tongue. Um, fighting evil alongside a boy named Jason Jenkins. So, here we have another child, Sarge, who his parents are absent. and um, Absentee parents. Yeah. So it, it's really just Kong is about bad parenting, really, at its core. <laughs> now, every time you say Kong show, I keep thinking of Gong show. Yeah. Oh, wow. This wonderful idea of like King Kong, like on a talent search show, like trying to like spin plates on his finger or like ride a unicycle while juggling poodles, you know, that sort of thing. I'm glad you finished poodle and because my brain stopped juggling poo because you know monkeys throw poo so that is that is specious that is that is disrespectful to an entire species speaking <sighs> of talking about the backlash of king kong <laughs> the backsplash all right so an important detail about the about kong the animated series 
So the boy, Jason Jenkins, can merge with King Kong thanks to a cyberlink. That doesn't sound good. (laughs) It only lasted two, two seasons, but the success of the 2005 remake inspired two movies, Kong, King of Atlantis, and Kong, Return to the Jungle. None of those I want to see. All right. But Netflix got in on it with their Kong, King of the Apes. I don't know why everything has to be Kong colon something, but it does for whatever reason. So in Kong, King of the Apes, uh, Kong goes back to his roots fighting dinosaurs in 2050. (laughs) And all of this is animated, correct? Yes. Yes. Mm. So let's back up to the boy that can merge with Kong. They gave a a teenager... (laughs) The ability to merge with a giant ape, and there were zero repercussions. Well, well, when it said produced by the Weinstein Company, we should have saw the red flags. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm just saying. I mean, just saying. All you right. Draw your own inferences from that. Skull Island? No, this season they go to Epstein Island. It's totally <laughs> different. <laughs> all right, so I'm jumping around a little bit, but we're getting it all in. So King Kong versus Godzilla did so well for Toho, they decided to create a whole series of Kong movies on their own. And so this is where we start getting the Japanese spinoffs of King Kong. So Toho went and created a new improvised suit all on their own and wrote an entire script for King Kong versus Ibra before talking to those who owned King Kong who just really quick said no. <laughs> so, uh, Ibra was then recycled as a Godzilla movie with the um, un-Godzilla-like <laughs> human uh, monster romance happening. Mm. I, yeah, I, I never saw uh, uh, Godzilla versus Ibra, but, you know, cool. So, Rankin-Bass, who made the uh, cartoon before the animated series came in and co-produced a new movie loosely based on the conch show. So why not make a movie based on some bullshit cartoon that was, that was put out. So King Kong escapes. Um, it carried over the cartoon villains, uh, Dr. Who and Mecha Kong or McKenna Kong. And I, uh, the whole thing was, uh, it was plotting, uh, they were plotting to trap an uh, Arctic deposit of radioactive element X and sell it to an unarmed foreign power represented by Madame or Madame Piranha. McKenna Kong appeared in the Muppet Show, whose head was repurposed as Bunsen Gorilla Bunsen's uh, Gorilla director. So, yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure it's just Mecha Kong. No, it's Mechanicong. It was Mecha Godzilla. It it's M E C H. Yeah, it's M E C H A N I K O N G. Mechanicong. Oh, okay, you're yeah. right. You're right. You're right. So, when Toho revived Godzilla in the '80s, they hoped to stage a rematch between King Kong and Godzilla. This time, RKO was out of the business, and uh, Kong belonged to Universal. Universal was no more accommodating than RKO was. <laughs> it's so <laughs> nah. Yeah. The Japanese studio contemplated working around Universal's objections by using Mechanicong instead of uh, using regular King Kong, but um, they decided to just not even risk it. So um, 
Toho went into production with the movie before they decided to uh, to cancel it. So, did you find anything about the uh, proper spelling of Mechacong or Mechanicong, Sarge? Uh, you have a Mechacong from a uh, video game and action figure, mm. but then you have Mechanicong. Which is a remote control robot double of King Kong introduced in the 1966 animated television show. Yep. yep. So, so Mechanic Kong it is. So, um, Dino De Laurentiis, who... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he came out with his Kong. So, that brought King Kong back to the uh, the state side, back to state size in uh, 1976. And... Um, Dino De Laurentiis was an Italian producer, and uh, the script was written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., um, who uh, created TV's Batman. So, which one? Like Adam West? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very nice. Nice credentials. Yeah. Uh, but if you think about the Adam West Batman, it was nothing like King Kong in any form whatsoever. But it would have been a lot more entertaining to have a King Kong movie where when King Kong punches Godzilla or whatever, you get a pow on screen. Um, and you see the Kong Watutsi? Yeah. Stanton. Yeah. So after the success of Jaws, monsters were now big business. Both De Laurentiis and Universal made their own deals with RKO for the rights because RKO may have been closed, but the rights were still held by somebody. And uh, it, this started a tug of war. For, uh, for years. And that's why King Kong kind of went out of, you know, the forefront there for a long time. It ended when De Laurentiis released uh, a Kong, a King Kong for the 70s, in which Carl Denham is replaced with an oil executive, played by Charles uh, Grodin, who wants to exploit Skull Island's mineral resources. Instead of the Empire State Building, Kong climbs the World Trade Center. And this is the one, this is the remake with Jeff Bridges and uh, what's her name? What did we say her name was? I can't remember. Just oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, shoot. What was I going to say? Uh, well, let me, okay. Let me ask you this question. We've talked about copyright law and stuff and some of these other uh, properties. A giant monkey is just automatically King Kong. Like you can copyright giant ape. Like, it seems like if you make some cosmetic differenti like differences, wh how, why can't you just call it something else? Like, why does it have to be King Kong? I mean, I understand the name for marketing purposes, but a big scary monkey is cool. Like, you just call it anything you want. Right. So, the, uh, the Nintendo Donkey Kong deal was because it was a yeah. big monkey last name Kong. Last name Kong. Yeah. Give it a different name. Right. And so um, where uh, Nintendo had to make some changes, that's the only place where there was actually, uh, from what I could find, an actual lawsuit about a big monkey. Now, in the uh, the spinoffs, the, the knockoffs, there were, there were big monkeys by their names, and there were no lawsuits there. That's true. That's true. This It just seemed, well... I guess it really is just a money thing. Like they're just banking on if we make a killer monkey movie, no one's going to come see it. But if we make a King Kong movie, people will come see it. All right. 
I guess that's why they're fighting over it. Yeah. So, uh, in King Kong Lives, uh, you had Rick Baker, who, uh, if you are familiar with special effects, guys, it's kind of a legend. But Yeah, he's a good one. Yeah. So, he was in an ape suit. And he wasn't too happy with the final pro- with the final product of things. He may have been thinking of the scene where Kong bathes Anne in what looks like mini golf water, and then blows her, blow dries her hair. Um, the cheeks inflating like big rubbery balloons, while <laughs> Anne writhes orga- or- orgasmically. Mm. Yeah. Um, like I said, it wasn't a good movie. It's another <laughs> sounds like another Weinstein production. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think it was before Weinstein uh, was uh, Weinstein Productions was around. But hey, he may have had a uh, a hand in it somehow. So in the seventies, nah, he was around then. I think, no, but the Weinstein company wasn't. But he may have been involved somehow. So all right, so nineteen seventy six King Kong um, lives was often remembered as a flop and it failed because it did not outperform jaws um and by any other standards it was a hit because it was on a 18 million dollar budget and it made 49 million so it was actually a hit but because jaws changed what jaws actually made the term blockbuster and Mm -hmm. so then if you're going to put out a monster movie it better be equal to Jaws as far as what Jaws made because Jaws was made on like a shoestring budget and made a factory. I mean, it was, I don't, I didn't look up what it, Jaws did, but I think Jaws was only made on like a hundred grand and ended up making like 48 million is ridiculous money. And it came out the year before that. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything was compared to Jaws at that point. So even knowing, uh, even knowing that it was hard to imagine anyone was clamoring for a sequel after the the flop of King Kong lives um, but exactly 10 day or 10 years and two days later um, is when King Kong lives debuted but how did King Kong live how because in the original King Kong was shot down by fighter jets on the Empire State Building it was because university had kept him on life support all that time mm. and, re- and revived him with a ginormous artificial heart. That checks out. But he lost. Yeah, the- I can see it. But he still lost the will to live, and so scientists, um, you know, bring him a newly discovered female Kong. And by the end, there's even a little Kong. Mm. I mean, nothing gets a man's will to live than a, you know a female counterpart. So, so what you're telling me is he almost padded himself. And then they bride a Frankenstein to another monkey, and somehow that kept him get got his urge up to fight again. Why not? So okay, right. Dino De Laurentiis. Uh, this was what he actually said as to why uh, another King Kong movie needed to be made. Steve McQueen made a picture in which he died at the end, but they made another picture with Steve McQueen. Many stars die at the end of a picture and then go on to do another picture. Kong is a star. We're going to have a new story, a new Kong. It's a little it's bit different. It's a little bit different when you take like a, a a central part of a movie and then carry it on to another story. Not an actor performing a death scene and then making another movie. It's yeah, you know, like when the character he knows dies. A, 
Dino's a strange little man. He's some of my favorite movies would not exist if he had not thrown money at them. But at the same time, he's also just a strange. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the, uh, the Peter Jackson remake. So Peter Jackson, um, actually, uh, his second remake was the, the one we saw in theaters. The first one he actually made it with a uh, camcorder and claymation at 12. So, he was actually offered King Kong when he was doing the Frighteners with Michael J. Fox, and he turned it down because he thought it was uh, too daunting of a task. It was too big. But he changed his mind and went back to Universal and said he would take the job because he was worried somebody else would do it. And he was like, I, I want to do this movie just because I want to do it, and then also I want to do it right. But he was signed on to do Lord of the Rings at that point, and so he was like, it's going to have to wait until I'm done with Lord of the Rings because a, re- a king has to return. And yep. so after Lord of the Rings, he took it on and it is pretty much uh, just a, I don't want to say shot for shot, but it's the same storyline as the original um, with Jack Black. You know, I was, fun. you know, I don't think I've ever seen it the whole way through because it's almost like four hours long, right? It's, it's it a, is. It's a long one. It is. It is. Now, like it, it looks beautiful, but like, yeah. Wow. Uh, and one of the only things I thought was really cool was Andy Serkis, who played Gollum in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. also was King Kong. You know, and he spent weeks studying gorillas in the wild. Um, he played he he pulled a Jane Goodall and stayed in the wild and watched gorillas and learned how they move and all that. But he was also a sailor on the ship that I believe ended up going down. I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's it's fine. It's it's fine. I don't now, know. After what, Lord of the Rings, Jackson's going to have a hard time living up to good movies again. Yeah. So. Well, I was going to say, um, one thing I do remember was when the King Kong video game was released right after the Peter Jackson version, that was a spectacle too, because it was supposed to be like super immersive and like it was one of the first games where there wasn't like a HUD system. So it was supposed to like just you could see the whole scope of everything. I think it was for PlayStation 2. So I'm sure by today's standards, it looks like jank. But at the time, I remember it was a big deal when it came out. Did you play from King Kong's perspective? Well, it's third person. Like you play as the as well. Honestly, it might be one of those games where you play different characters for different levels. I honestly don't remember. I know you do play as Kong because I remember you fight a, a, a dinosaur and it was this huge, unbelievable thing. But yeah, it's been hmm. oh, like 20 years ago. <laughs> now, have either one of you seen Skull Island? The, nope. or, okay, it's well worth it. I, I actually love the, uh, the new... Godzilla, King Kong, all of it. Um, I've eaten it up. Skull Island was actually a great, great movie. One of the coolest parts about it is that Godzilla, or King Kong, is fighting a dinosaur on the island, and the dinosaur actually tries to, like, like bite his arm, take it off, and, like, pretty much takes his whole arm. And then King Kong grabs guts and pulls them out. <laughs> and that's how he takes it down. And it's a lot of fun. It's I, I highly recommend it if you guys haven't watched it. But I'm also a sucker for old like for monster movies in general. So you know that's the one that has the really wacky cast, right? So 
it actually kind of it, it changed it from you know the original storyline of uh, a movie of a director wanting to make a documentary style you know narrative film and changed it to uh, Vietnam vets Samuel Jackson played by Samuel Jackson and Tom Hiddleston a war photographer played by Brie Larson and a government agent John Goodman go to Skull Island to investigate and um, Kong destroys her helicopter pretty pretty quick into it so um the other person in the movie that actually surprised me at how much i liked them in the movie was john c Riley, and he mm. played a world war ii vet that had been ruined there ever since and he's kind of out of his mind as you would expect any survivor of world war ii stuck on skull island to be but <laughs> um and then we got godzilla in um kong versus uh godzilla versus Kong or King, I can't remember. I don't have the notes on it because my I pretty much stopped my research at Skull Island because that's the last time we saw just Godzilla or not King Godzilla, Kong. just King Kong. Right? <laughs> I don't know. This is going back to uh, what was the episode that I kept um, uh, mispronounce or saying one movie, and I think we're doing oh, Night yeah. of the Living Dead, and I kept saying um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So all right. So um, I know that there is another uh, Godzilla versus king kong uh movie coming out um i didn't get any of the notes on when that's coming but it's in the future but uh this all ties back to monarch which is the uh the apple tv series so good i'm uh two episodes away from finishing it and king kong hasn't shown up in it yet but i have hope i i'm you know, I don't watch a lot of series because I just don't have the time and the patience for it. But I know it's Godzilla. I know it's Kurt Russell. I feel like, John I feel like I'm missing out. Too. Yeah, John Goodman's in the very beginning of the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Is it John Goodman's character from Skull Island? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So mm-hmm. um, it's not only Kurt Russell, but Kurt Russell plays modern day Kurt Ru- or modern day character, and Kurt Russell's son plays flashback nice so, yeah Wyatt Wyatt is yeah. that his name yeah, yeah. I like him and so it's it's kind of cool because uh, a lot of times I have issues with flashbacks of you know with characters because they don't look the same in this case they do so yeah they do with all that being said Sarge what have you been up to what are you reading what are you watching what are you uh, listening to well I have been putting a lot of effort and drive into this year's extra life campaign as you can see if you're watching this on let's uh, all point up on youtube yes so. yeah, all point ups right there right there's a qr code you can go to or you just go to extra life <laughs> extra dash life.org search endangered charger find us there we have a thousand dollar goal this year so that's what i've been doing yep monster what have you been up to oh god i knew you're gonna ask this question i don't have a good answer uh nothing real exciting um currently reading Cujo. That's a lot of Good fun. It's, uh, I think everybody knows the gist of it, but there's a lot more going on than just big dog eats people. Like there's a there's a lot of personal drama stuff that's kind of mm. interesting. Um yeah, you brought it before there's like family drama, right? A lot. A lot, yeah. yeah. Um also playing Saints Row, uh having a lot of fun with that. Sort of like uh kind of tied me over until gta 6 decides to rear its head in 2029 or whenever it plans on coming out uh saints row is a lot of fun it's 
if you like GTA sandbox style games, it's right up there. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, that's that's about it for me. Right. You? Cool. Um, so uh, just putting a lot of time into uh, my new job and then um, been uh, doing a lot of editing on Breakdowns for Breakfast, which uh, if you haven't listened to Breakdowns for Breakfast, please check it out on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcast. Probably where you're getting this podcast if you're listening to it. More uh, than likely. No, no, no. You get this podcast from one provider and then you get your other ones from a different <laughs> streaming service. You listen to this on your, your, uh, your iPhone and then you listen to uh, the breakdowns uh, on your um, your Android. Yeah, you have to have two phones. Not a sponsor yet. No, no, probably never will be. But let's be real, no. guys. Let's let's be real. So anyway, um, yeah. So I've been spending a lot of time on those two things, and then uh, I watched Barbie, which uh, I highly recommend. No. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. Things. Yeah, it's not quite what I expected. It's not um, like the. It's not center. It's not made for girls. So it's a. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Ryan Gosling, great in it. So he's a good actor. He I, I've really, I've heard nothing but good things about it. I just yeah. haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. So with all that being said, thank you for listening to this episode of K is for King Kong. If you have a suggestion for an episode, a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, please shoot us an email at dangerandsarge at gmail.com. Go check us out on YouTube. See what we look like. If you don't know, go check us out. Um, you're going to be disappointed. Let's just be real guys. So, Meh. all right. So, all right. You're not going to be disappointed. One of us has a face for radio. I'm not going to say who it is. We'll let, be me. We'll let the be listeners me. decide. No. All right. Uh, shoot us in a uh, message, a, uh, uh, I don't know, send us a picture, send us something on one of our social media platforms, Facebook, X, or send Instagram. Send us a postcard from your latest vacation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You can't mail it to us because we don't have a central uh, uh, a mailing address, a PO box. Uh, maybe one day. I don't know. We'll see. One day we're look we're working on it. Yeah. So take a picture of your postcard and send it to us. Um, check out breakdowns for breakfast. Uh, as I mentioned before, go to the Facebook or uh, the breakdowns for breakfast Facebook page. Check out tales from Reddit and the upcoming unscripted. Yes, that one's going to be headed up by Sarge, leading the charge on the live program. So, gentlemen, I've got nothing else. Bye. Good night. It's over. Done. Done.
It's over. Done. Done.